This is the Out of Town Podcast. Today in the studio, we're pleased to welcome Vague Advice. Welcome. Thank you. You guys can play your first song when you're ready.
Rumors we spoke at dinner parties Ringing in my ears It's hard to believe the way we wasted our disease But So, if you don't mind, we're going to chat a little bit, and then you can play another song. So, when I was listening uh, to your songs, uh, sort of doing my research, um, I found that I was mostly listening to them at night. Uh, I was kind of wondering if you guys sort of identify, like, a specific, like, time or mood with your songs, like, when you're writing them. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I've never... I've never thought of it like that at all. And I think about like our songs in that sort of arena pretty often in terms of mood at least. Um, but I've never thought of it in, in the context of like time of day. And I would absolutely say we're a, we're a night band, a band of the night. Um, <laughs> I, th I think that is sort of the tone. That's what you meant, right? It's yeah, sort of like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that it's, I'd say if I had to put an hour to it, I'd probably say like three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, that. I was up until like two last night and I was I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, this this is pretty fitting This is good middle of the night kind of music. Yeah, it's like the worst times <laughs> Like I don't know that, that kind of makes sense. I think I started like like at least when I started writing music It was sort of like I can't sleep at 3 a.m. <laughs> and maybe that sort of never left never left me at least like, I always talk to Nick about how different music sounds like it has different times of year. Kind of like, oh, this band totally is a summer band. I'll listen to this band all summer, but then the second it gets cold out, it's like, I'm not going to touch them. For sure. It's like, I feel like you guys have a nice sort of wintry vibe. Some songs to get me through the cold seasons. I feel like we actually said, like, when we made the first album, we, like, called it the winter album. Like... It, 
this is totally for the winter when you're like indoors and there's no light at all. Yeah, it was and I think I like fall or winter. I think like we plan to make like a summer or a happier album. <laughs> and it's still not Someday. happened. Someday. The CP is not that. Yeah, I would also add that um, when we usually record our music or practice in general, we're usually meeting up Saturday nights in the Bear Den, which is our practice room. So it's usually, you know, we have these like stained glass windows as the sun is setting and like, you know, we're just playing there. We have some Christmas lights strung up, turn off the main lights. And we usually practice Saturday nights from like, you know, six to 10. So that kind of like reflects it in our music, which is interesting. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome practice space. Yeah, it's actually my bedroom. Uh... <laughs> when you say bear den, I was like picturing like one of those bear carpets or something. You, is there Not one of those all. in there? No, it's no. like a tiny room where I like put my bed like with no box spring. I just put it up onto the wall and we just put on Christmas lights and put the drums where my bed is. I have to redo my bed every every night. Entirely because they leave before they uh, reset it up. It's quite it's quite taxing <laughs> Music is more important than sleep Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about um, your most recent EP um, Time Travelers Continent um, Now what was it a goal to write a concept EP from the start? Yes um, I took a one of my last semesters of college. I took um, a lot of classes that really lined up together to set the stage for the concept. Um, I was taking a nineteenth um, century German idealism course, which is just like philosophy and like Nietzsche and like a lot of post-Kantian philosophy. Um, and then I was taking an apocalypse writing of the apocalypse course um, and like an enlightenment course and. And then a um, multicultural literature literature course, which really focused on, like, we read a lot of Native American literature, um, and they, like, sort of have these really interesting concepts of time and um, how we exist in time. Um, and just taking all these classes, I just sort of started piecing together the story in my head. And this is while we were, I guess, playing shows for, for the last record. Um, and I just knew immediately that I wanted to turn it into a the a book of short stories and to correspond with that like do the ep according to that concept as well so unlike the first one which is also a concept record from the very beginning it was sort of like yeah i kind of want to write this story and now um do you, was this like all sort of like your input into the band um or do you guys all work on the words collectively um, like using Dante's short stories as um, as a starting point, or or did you just bring all of the short stories like to the band and they just wrote the music for it along with you? Yeah, so I just sort of for this I just sort of wrote the lyrics. I brought all the lyrics and the um, and my guitars to the table, so I, I wrote those songs in their entirety in my parts. Um, and this, this we only did it like this for this release. Um, we did it differently for the last record, and um, we'll be doing it differently for the next but I was I was grateful that these guys let me sort of like bring this idea to the table with all these songs sort of lyrics and guitars written um, and then they wrote all their parts sort of like in correspondence with that right and um, I, I heard in another podcast that uh, uh, you sort of had this idea about people working towards a common goal like collectively sure. um, 
who were you discussing that with? Uh, it was Chris. Yeah, that's, that's right. Chris, yeah. Um, so in terms of of that, like, uh, did you two sort of work out um, the the concept of of the EP together, or um, was it more like how you said, like you just brought everything, and then like what I'm wondering is uh, if any of uh, the other guys like had any input to this um, like monumental like theme around this EP yeah I found out um, during that podcast you're referring to and he uh, referenced <laughs> me to that and I had no idea I had that influence because this conversation he referenced was like three years ago maybe honestly I have no idea but three four years ago and then uh, yeah we were just like talking about you know m- modern society and having a, fl- a philosophical debate about that but then um, yeah in that podcast he was like yeah actually one of the members of the band Chris and I was just like Really? Uh, Shout out to Chris. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, I get some credit for the whole uh, the whole concept it's, album, it's which is nice. It's super interesting though. Like, whereas I maybe I brought this story to the to the table. Um, of course, they obviously wrote all their instruments like on their own. And what was really cool is that maybe not in like originating the story or like shaping the story, but when they added their parts, they sort of added these dimensions to the story um, that I couldn't have possibly expected them to um so in that song that you guys just heard that song's about like that the apocalypse happens in that song right nuclear apocalypse happens in that song and in that part that we um sort of played for you guys in soundcheck where you've got these crazy lasery like tones and like i'm just sort of hammering away Mm -hmm. it just to me it sounds like a big fucking laser just sorry sorry excuse my language can i you're good um, yeah go ahead yeah go ahead it sort of sounds like the world is being annihilated to me and i couldn't i didn't ask them to and i couldn't have anticipated them writing their instruments in such a way that would like really add a sort of fullness to the story right and and once i it i gotta admit it took me a couple of reads to like fully grasp this story it's it's amazing uh the work that you guys did but i felt it too like not just you telling the words lyrically but your music really fits um the story you're trying to tell and each part of it uh it's 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 very interesting how um how you sort of shape the sound around the story and i highly commend you for that hey, thanks man <laughs> i appreciate that it's good to hear that we did the thing we meant to do yeah always... we did the thing yeah we did the thing <laughs> now it's done. uh anyone else want to add anything i'm still like a little unsure about the story like i don't i, I still don't even understand it completely <laughs> but like i do enjoy it so that's all that counts. Read the Wikipedia about it. Yeah, we're, like, we're oh. out here reading that ourselves. Like, oh, is that what it is? Well, I just got the general feeling. I just wrote what I it sounded need like. I for that to sound no, like I, I was destroying no. the Apparently world. Apparently there's, there's Jesus involved. I don't know. <laughs> that's, for, that's for later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get to Jesus later. There's there's plenty of room for Jesus. Save room. There's plenty of time for him to save you. All right, yeah, you guys can play your next song.
quick I need you to see this In your eyes there's a map inside my head stuck there was that the dl4 problem you were talking about <laughs> no that was completely something different so uh wasn't supposed to do that either though Ooh, a new adventure yeah it just blue screen crashed on him oh man yeah. it's kind of cool though yeah i thought it it didn't really like i was like i could tell something was up but also at the same time it worked it was like supposed to be like that sound but it wasn't supposed to go on that long right. <laughs> like it wouldn't turn off <laughs> Song took over. All right, so for this EP, uh, you, you took a year off, right? About a year um, from playing shows. So what what did you guys learn about yourselves during that time, like writing this? Did you learn anything new, or uh, did you learn anything about the music you play? Have any revelations? Um, in terms of, like, like, musically, I think we just we just sort of got better. And like that was the, that was always the plan, um, just sort of like 
just really making sure we could nail those songs before like we had to practice keep playing these songs to write these songs so we couldn't really spend too much time playing the old songs mm-hmm. and in addition to that like we ha- we really wanted to master these songs before um before we played them for people um which is a journey that never ends but um we're now at a point where we feel comfortable at least playing them live, obviously. Um, when you say learning about ourselves, do you mean, like, musically or, like... I, I mean, anything. Like, uh, some deep shit. I mean, <laughs> you know, you basically wrote, like, an, an entire short story for the EP. So, I mean, like, you know, emotionally, <laughs> musically, anything, really. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, I just think it's interesting to, like, keep in mind where we were when we were writing these songs. Because mm-hmm. it did take a long time to write them themselves but then go through the grinding process of actually recording them so recorded one song in philly and then recorded the others in north jersey um and that took like six to eight months something like that from first time we went in the studio to finally having them done um and a lot of that was we wanted to practice and get them down but a lot of that was also you know we're all living in different states. I just graduated, so I was, you know, in school full time. Um, we were pretty much meeting up, you know, every Saturday for the past three or so years to get this down. Um, well, as, as a whole band, mostly like the last two years to get this whole down. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've definitely matured greatly in the past couple of years, you know, within myself and then musically as well. Sometimes I hear these songs and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Other times, I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) And yet here you are playing them. Yeah. I just have to play these songs. It's just my job. They just just pay me like 10 bucks. That's it. Man, I I love this band. (laughs) Now, did your your debut album, If We Ever Come Back Down, did that follow any sort of concept or, or was that sort of you know your first go at an album and you just had a bunch of songs and and grouped them up yeah the writing process for that was actually really interesting uh it was a concept album just in a much sort of looser way um there are songs that are much more relatable right they're not about fucking time travel or or (laughs) apocalypse right so you can hear them and like think like i've had an experience like this one so it's not necessarily as much as this one and this one is this one isn't either, but that one even more so isn't as bound to the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, the concept was written after at least six of the seven or the songs were written. And I was sort of like going through them as I often do with like songs that I've had a part in writing, at least lyrically, I, I just sort of realized what the song's about after I write it. And then the sort of like seeing patterns between the songs, I thought, oh, that's cool. There's kind of like a story here. And then maybe three of the songs are written with that story in mind mm-hmm. and that's just just lyrically um musically speaking um that one sort of like it was sort of like how i brought these songs to the table like for this ep um all four of us sort of like brought a song to the table in twos like jeff and chris would work worked on aster and then brought it to the table and austin and i wrote around it and then jeff and austin did the same thing for baby daisy cat which is actually the next song that we're going to play mm-hmm. um whereas like uh, and i i brought maybe like the king or qualia which these are all just names of the songs on the album but for the sake of example it's sort of like scattered like different people bringing something to the table and then everyone else sort of contributing around that mm-hmm. Yeah, like, this next song is, like, Baby Daisy Cat. Uh, I kind of just, like, me and Jeff 
originally the song was like 10 minutes long with like five or six different key changes it didn't make sense but we were like this is it this is awesome and i don't think any of that that was in that eight minute song is in this song at maybe all. like a part or two it is okay the main basic riff was in that original one it just kept going is what yeah it was it was more like i just sat down and took like one or two of the ideas and turned it into first course first course but that's fine, you know. Instead of a ten-minute Freebird song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then one more thing before you you go into Baby Daisy Cat, which is a fucking amazing title. Uh, <laughs> it's all this guy. Did you find it difficult to sort of, um, you know, get more of a focus and and pare some things down for the new EP because it definitely seems like you you sort of knew what what you wanted to do and really like honed in on it on that record um so i'm just wondering like what what was it hard to sort of get more of a focus um i don't think it was difficult per se but like unlike the last record um sort of like i said i, I was really really lucky that these guys sort of let me like sort of <laughs> just sort of insert myself a little bit more for the, for this EP, um, just because it was based on something. And it, but even then, like it was all relatively independent. Like these guys, I think we have like a, you know, we're four best friends, and we have been for like a while. So I think that there's a certain chemistry, and I think that that chemistry shows more in our music than <laughs> actually seeing us together. <laughs> right? um, and I think that so in that sense, like the sort of autonomy that they had and adding their parts um just sort of came naturally but whereas like if something just i didn't feel like it worked for like what the song was was meant to do they allowed me to step in and be like i don't know if that works exactly but like what if we like change it like this a little bit and just like stuff like that but <laughs> but honestly like even then it was like sort of minimal that that had to even happen um because yeah, i think that these even if they didn't get like what the song was trying to do and write accordingly when they just played to it it was just correct <laughs> awesome Jeff Chris anything to add I was just gonna say a bad joke and I feel like I have to now um, <laughs> yeah I'm the drummer Dante just remember that I will. I will no no Dante and Jeff have been picking up guitar and I've been oh no other way around they've been picking up drums and I've been picking up guitar so there may be a little switching around on LP too oh cool Ooh. Are these like are these like all your first instruments, by the way, or or did you like learn something else? Um, I'm always curious. I basically just knew the basic chords of guitar, and that was it. Just like an amateur, and then eventually I got the bass because there needed to be a bassist, and I was like, ah, bass sucks, whatever. But like, it's <laughs> I vastly prefer it now, and nobody even like pays attention to me, so like. Meanwhile, I'm, like, writing the dopest stuff, and then, like, everybody listens to it once the record comes out, and they're like, oh, wow, you were actually doing stuff. And I'm like, yeah. You guys want to hear a bad bass joke? Yeah. Drop it. Yes. How many bases does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Two. One to screw in the light bulb, and one to pretend he's actually doing something. Damn. I know. Chris, you got to get on the drums and do the... <laughs> <laughs> I have a drummer joke, too, if you want to hear that. Do it. How do you get a drummer to stop playing... Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way. I'm sure that I know this one. That's the vague advice. Give him sheet right music. 
<laughs> Which leads into how I started playing drums. Um, <laughs> these guys were like, all right, we need a drummer. And I'm like, I don't play the drums. They were like, your dad That's has a drum fun. kit. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so pretty much like four years ago, Jeff and I were playing in my basement, um, getting the cops called on us because... Uh, yeah, I took off the pads and we were playing pretty loud. And we have a twin, so there's a neighbor next to me, and they they didn't fancy that. Um, but that's kind of how it started, just like you know, doing the the bummest beats and then grinding through that grinding, um, and then discovering a cool new beat and then attempting to you know cover some other bands. But um, I think what helped was that we've all known each other since like elementary, middle school, and we were listening to the same core music like you know tbs brand new manchester all those bands um so that's where a lot of my influence in the drums comes from uh specifically brand new and then you know now this is like 10 years later we're all branching out in our music um and that's kind of cool because we're bringing our own more unique uh influences into that core influence that we all came from so that's pretty sweet nice well said Yes. Yeah, uh, the one thing uh, that I always think is a little funny is that we would do, like, Fall of Troy covers to, like, teach Chris the basics of drums. I'd be like, okay, I learned this Fall of Troy riff. Which is probably, like, not I'd be a good like, thing why to start aren't with. you getting it, In, like, 5-4, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so simple. It's Guitar Hero. It's mainstream. There's, like, there's like five time signature changes in like three seconds get it right <laughs> so they're shredding on guitar and like boom boom keep boom 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 keep boom 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 this sounds sick boom boom keep boom boom just like freaking killing it like eric and just like <laughs> thomas racket rather i only know how to play beats that for pumping your fist in the club yeah. four, four, what's that i can yeah. only play in seven sixteen i can only play in 26 is dancier than before <laughs> sorry <laughs> but like at the same time Something that I love about that is that Chris has like sort of developed his own style, like that I think is very was very much engendered by like learning how to drum, how to, how to play drums, like playing with us because we can get a little goofy sometimes, like with our rhythms and stuff like that, and like even just generally just our style or our strum patterns here and there, and just sort of like developing your sort of style like to that I think has created this like really cool style for you that's like almost sort of like post-punk or and just like got that sort of like yeah it, it all vibes together really well so but thank you yeah. that, that's why actually why i said that i was just waiting for i was just fishing for a compliment right? yeah well <laughs> plenty of more compliments to come <laughs> on the out of town podcast are we ready for the next song yeah for sure <laughs> let's get some let's get some baby dudes all right excellent that. and by ready i mean i'm gonna check my toes real quick <laughs> Brother, I'm afraid 
something i'm always saying something in my head but like i have to filter it out <laughs> although right now i'm not actually thinking anything i need to filter out i'm actually not thinking anything don't ask me these things okay moving no, on don't ask me things about thinking they make me think i'm scared i'm not a good host <laughs> all right i think um, you're doing a great job moving on to thinking no uh, <laughs> so I was interested in that one part of the podcast where dante was talking about how you guys sort of had trouble playing like venues and and not house shows like you had a a good communal experience with house shows i i kind of um identified with that statement as well um so i'm wondering how you guys are doing with making making sort of that transition um like thinking about making the transition to bigger venues when you get there um you know how is how is that gonna work out that's a great question. <laughs> um, to be honest, we're um, just not thinking about it right now. I think I think it, it, it's wise to to plan for that kind of thing, um, but I think it's wiser to sort of focus on building our base, like in the way in the way in the way that we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we get to a point where it's appropriate. And we're we're going to begin that transition. Um, I think it's best to know how we're going to do that before we do that, but sort of like after, like where we are right now, which is just like continuing to play. Because like, like you said before, we're not great at being in the scene, um, and I think we're much much better at that now. But um, we could still work on our consistency a little bit. Um, and I think we we're just sort of focusing on getting as good at that as we can and Mm -hmm. then sort of think about what's the next step yeah and um like it i sort of uh wanted to address that question as well from more of like a suggestion standpoint i guess because since you guys have been through that kind of thing um 
like what what would you suggest like moving from house shows to like sort of bigger stuff because i know like the sense of community sort of gets lost along the way and like that i don't know it's just really concerning to me and i feel like um bands especially um like your style um bring people together in a really special way and i i don't know i was just wondering how like why that sort of gets lost like what what your thoughts do you mean like <clears throat> why that sort of lost into the the sort of venue um, yeah atmosphere? yeah i think because it's just i think it depends on how you do it right because there, there are scenes that like build their scenes at venues mm -hmm. the way that people at house shows you know build their scenes um and when we were playing shows at venues we just simply weren't doing that and we found that it's easier for us to do and it makes more sense for us to do when we're like hanging out at people's houses because that <laughs> helps us to be i don't know better at being social uh, in some ways we're really good at being social and in other ways uh, we're really not and i think the house scene is just more conducive um of that for us in particular mm -hmm. like the south jersey scene that we were quasi a part of like before we started playing shows in philly they have an it they have an amazing scene and the, they they play at venues and the, their community is really fucking cool it's just we weren't good <laughs> good at being a part of it mm -hmm. we and i think a lot of it comes into consistency um in terms of and just like going out to the show when you're not playing the show and a yeah. lot of the shows were in south jersey so it was a bit more difficult for us but um it's just sort of like i don't know the only the objective factor i think is there is the idea of like there are other there's like a third party when it comes to venues and yeah. you have like show bookers and like the venue itself um and you like have to charge people and like yeah. then there's that and there and there's like awkward. getting people to <laughs> come pay to yeah the same yeah. people to come pay and see you every yeah, they, week and they stuff want like you that. to get like 30 people or they like look at you funny yeah. and, but they still let you play but you try and yeah, you get like I know 10 of your friends <laughs> and they're like okay I called out of work for this and everything, and then yeah. you're like, "Yeah, so you want to come to like the next couple hundred? When is it? Tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> we're doing a whole tour, so we need you to come along. <laughs> we're gonna play the same exact songs you just heard. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that whole thing is interesting, and I I really wish that, you know. It could be addressed that you would retain the same sense of community that's among house shows among venue shows mm -hmm. but i mean i guess all we can do is sort of work towards that yeah and at, i think that's sort of the thing it's like it's not necessarily like how you transition that's that's important i think it's just how you built it built your scene when you were in like the house shows right mm -hmm. if you're not like not all about like yourself and like you're part of that community and you're contributing to that community and you're supporting that community when you switch to playing from playing house shows to playing venues the work is already done mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything to transition you start going to venues and and you know for sure that you have people who are going to be coming to support you because you've been like supporting them and supporting their their space for so long yeah it's a good point um i want to sort of before you go into your next one, I want to sort of transition into the fact that you guys were and still are like living apart and how sort of that that translates into your music. And um, has it been, you know, 
kind of a struggle sometimes to because you just want to like write and practice but you live really far and i just want to hear your thoughts on distance for sure yeah it has been a grind um even since we first started being a band um i think at one point it was just austin and i living in sharon hill and dante and jeff were the outcasts in delaware and yeah he was in yeah he was taking classes in westchester um and then I ended up going to Westchester, so then it was just Austin in our hometown, Jeff still in Delaware, Dante and I there. Dante graduated, Dante goes two and a half hours up to North Jersey. So like it only got worse, but that somehow <laughs> made it so like we, you know, we wouldn't have stuck with it if we didn't want to. And we obviously did because we ended up recording another EP when we were so far apart. Um, so that just made us, you know, the time spent together, it was less messing around and more like, we're only meeting up Saturday nights. Everyone just drove an hour and a half to get here, so we need to like put in some work. And um, that phase is coming to an end, I think, which is nice, because Dante and I are both done with school. Dante's gonna be moving closer to Philly again towards the end of the summer. I'm back in Sharon Hill now. Um, so I think the next year or two are gonna be like very important to us. Um, but I think we're in a position where the last four were such a grind that these next two are going to be way more enjoyable and we're going to see a lot more results from that. So I'm excited. Good stuff. And um, real quick, just because I wanted to bring up Jesus. Um, <laughs> For later in the podcast. Yes, here it is, later in the podcast. Uh, I mean, I know you I know you touched on this in, in the other podcast um, briefly, but... Um, there's sort of like a religious air about your story uh, and it's it's like interesting um, how uh, you guys said you're not like religious at all or, mm -mm. yeah no um, pretty serious atheist when I was listening to it it, it kind of reminded me when my mom asks <laughs> <laughs> yes we're a Christian rock band yeah, yeah we're, we're basically Creed <laughs> uh when I was listening, it, it kind of reminded me of how, like, if you know the band Thrice, they make, um, like, pretty, like, heavily, like, Christian-themed lyrics, but they don't consider themselves to be a religious band. Um, so, I yeah, I, I just found it really interesting that you um, kind of brought up that concept. Uh, was it more, like, that you just wanted to have that element to the story, or... Um, you wanted to like have it as like a topic for people to talk about when hearing your songs yeah um it the the whole ep i think is relatively philosophical and i wanted to approach religion from a sort of philosophical perspective the same way and there's other things too um there's like sort of not so much politics as much as like the government the idea of government and like sh structural sort of sort of things and just the nature of society and nature of reality and like i just wanted to tug at all these like topics that we often talk about in like a political or social lens and sort of approach them from a philosophical lens like i mentioned that german idealism class right mm -hmm. um so I was, I was thinking in that way um quite a bit um and religion was just one of those things and i wanted to sort of most of it, most of the ways in which the EP addresses it uh, is critical. Uh, majority of the ways, it, it's either critical or ironic. Um, in, in the songs that like aren't that don't f um, center around the Jesus character, um, they're usually just sort of like 
critical or just like examining the relationship between believer and God mm. um, or I guess proposed God um, and you have the song 22 years later feeling better which is sort of like the goofiest song that we have it's got like sort of the goofiest riffs yeah. um, and it's the one where Jesus is out saving the world and stuff um, but I just sort of want to <laughs> with his cape and that's yeah. <laughs> Flying uh, through the super air, Jesus yeah, exactly. fighting back. We are anti-Christian. But uh, G- we just have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, why? Why can't you? Exactly. I'm not saying I, w- I wasn't like trying to like say fuck religion with these songs, but I, I, right. I, I did want to like sort of present some paradoxes because um, obviously there's a character who is the father of Jesus, right? The biological father of Jesus, and yeah. he's one of the characters who um, his story takes place in the future. Um, so it necessarily posits him as a sort of God character, right? right? Because if he's this the father of Jesus, he's God, right? And there's all these parallels that I wanted to, to draw there um, with these characters. Um, and there's a couple other relationships that sort of parallel that as well. So I just wanted to explore it and be critical of it without being an asshole. I think there are parts where I was a little bit of an asshole, but... Um, I mean, can, can you even be in a band without being a little bit of an asshole? Right, right? Yeah. And, and that's... And that's what our what our next album is going to be about. Yeah, <laughs> just being critically barely. examining <laughs> the assholeness of bands. Right. Being barely an asshole. We suck at being in a scene. <laughs> don't come talk Let to us me in after your the show. show. <laughs> just go, Kevin Devine. Right? I don't care about your band. Our draw <laughs> is not thirty people. <laughs> <laughs> our draw is Shane Matusik and Raul and Dan. By the way, um, like about the scene thing, like I didn't mean. You know, like you're you're terrible at being in a scene. I was just like agreeing with no, you that sure. it's just like you... really hard sometimes to like be part of one scene or another. Like, no, I, I mean, I know that I know exactly I'm still figuring that out, and like envy envy people very... that figure it out. Like, we've had many talks with people about this kind of the thing. The music scene is a very unforgiving place, and like it's it's like it's a really weird thing to try and get into and when you're in it you're in it and like but it's so e- it's so fragile it's such a it's just made of glass and yes. if you drop it it's I think it's like, like many things it's <laughs> like when you when you sort of enter it and become a part of it there's this sort of unspoken contract yeah, um, yeah. around certain things or or several things and some of those things you might feel comfortable consenting to and like others you might like you might not and I don't don't mean to make it sound so dramatic right it might not be anything like like I don't want to feel like I have to like your band if I don't like your band you know and and that that sounds a little shitty on my part great set dude but exactly (laughs) that's still like my thing I don't want to be disingenuous with people and and I don't want to like I don't know it's just it's just it's it's a very weird relationship and contract kind of thing. I have a whole hour rant that I have like I played it over my head a million times, and we're gonna launch it right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> so like, before you bring in your fourth song, everybody yeah. uh, get comfortable. No, uh, but like that's definitely that's definitely a topic I've talked about a lot. So I, I agree. I yeah. really do agree. I mean, but when it all comes down to it, you know, like love each other, be respectful, blah blah. Absolutely. blah. Um, maybe mosh pits. I don't know. Dude, yeah. that, that, push, that's push a friend. Thing. Yeah, push a friend. Help them back up. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I but anyway, unpopular opinions on mosh pits too. <laughs> Can't fucking stand yeah. it. It's yeah. like it's it really has its time and place, but a lot of times it's just like not. not now. <laughs> I haven't actually like seen one in a while, and it. I don't know, it's kind of yeah. Sad. It feels like they're really trying to control them. I think yeah. a lot of places that we've been. I just hope that 
together with our band and your podcast, we have enough like social influence that I just want to say this on record. Don't fucking mosh at a front bottom show. It doesn't. <laughs> it, I don't. I don't uh, see. Okay, real quick. (laughs) Moshing at Jimmy E. World, because I saw them, like, last weekend. That's probably a bit more appropriate. Yeah, I I think so, too. And, like, they wouldn't let let people do it. And I was like, I mean, come on. Like, moshing kind of sucks sometimes, but... You know, like if you don't mosh to, you know, sweetness or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we, went to, uh, <laughs> we saw Glockamora's last show, oh, which was like, Jesus. There was a straight up swirl of people. Like that was a the whole thing. Mess. The whole thing was a pit, and it like makes that a lot was, of sense to me. I yeah. ended up shirtless because it was just too much. Wow, this show is so much. I'm just gonna take my shirt off. Yeah, and, but like. That's a good show to mosh at. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Sometimes yeah, the hardest thing you listen to is Blink-182 or Jimmy Eat World, <laughs> and you're only going to go there, so that's where you have to get it out. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I gotta mosh I, somewhere. I know a couple people who, like, it's just like they go to the all-time low sh- show, and they've, they're they just on top of the world, shirtless, doing spin kicks. That's me. <laughs> I go to the Beach House show and I just let it out. Beach House? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so I just spin kick to you're watching, Beach House. You're watching Grizzly Bear just like stand there calmly on their keyboards and you're like and punching. Voice it. of Angels like a and wall just punching, of death yeah. going on. I once uh, crowd killed at an <laughs> Angus and Julia Stone concert and that was pretty intense. Okay, I have, I have one question for you guys and I have an answer for this question. I just want to know your answer. How do you dance the math rock? I think you gotta get your hips in it mostly. I think it all starts in the feet, honestly, because you can wiggle your feet a yeah. lot. <laughs> I have the same this. dance for every like music, so I'm mm. just like sort of like the Scooby Doo dances, <laughs> like the Pupman Scooby Doo. Well, yeah. put a I definitely think you have to be a bit modest about it because like you think you're in like you think you're moving at the right time, and then all of a sudden like. Your accent on your movement right. is just like it's offbeat, and you're like, and you try to recover, but you just fucking look. It's everybody around you just like, come on, playing. man. Just, we're all standing here stoically. You have to do the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's why my you movements have to have are your arms generally crossed. subtle, right? Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not like going like this, yeah. right? Because if I go like that on the wrong accent, it's gonna take me like four beats before I can bring myself back, <laughs> yeah. right? So, but if I'm just like in a in a circle, right? If I have a little radius, <laughs> it's like, and, and I'm not going too far from home, gotta get your calculations back in order. <laughs> I mean, like if you if you spin around in a circle, like bring it around town, like it's just a circle, right. like there's really right. no rhythm to it. So maybe that's the way to do it. You gotta input it into your calculator, and then it makes like a parabola and <laughs> yeah. you like it's a complex yeah. algorithm like that, yeah like tangent of 42 or something and that's why it's called math rock yeah definitely i just follow the the drummer's kick drum and just, just groove to that and you know you can't really get wrong with that usually so <laughs> yeah spoken like a true drummer yeah, yeah. everybody take notes and an awkward white guy <laughs> as uh yeah all right i'll leave it at that <laughs> yes last song time all right thank you guys so much for letting us do this yeah sure thank you Thanks for coming.
Thanks, guys. Insane. Fucking killer. That was awesome. 
Um, so before we sign off, um, I just want to wonder, want to ask, uh, do you guys have anything coming up? Uh, just writing or, you know, yeah, um, more, so we more weird interviews with people in basements? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hopefully, because this has been really awesome, so I, I would love that. Um, but we don't have any shows scheduled as of right now, but um, uh, uh, friends of ours, Pathos Pathos, which is a fantastic band from, from Florida, um, they're going to be going on tour this summer, and they've asked us to uh, play their Philadelphia date. So nice. we're really looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to put that together, find the right place. All right. Yeah, I think also in the near future, uh, I'm going to be trying to set some shows up in Westchester. Um, come fall, once people are back for school, uh, there's a couple of sweet venues out there. So we'll be definitely looking to uh, play some music there as well. All right, cool. And uh, if anybody's doing any house shows, we'll show up. <laughs> uh, give us free beer. Now you don't even have to give us the free beer. Just give us a place to drink the beer. That's all we need. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks, guys, for coming out. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Awesome set. Hey, thanks. thank you guys for having thank you. us. Thank you.